come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Welcome back to Alexandra and Friends 660. The answer this show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. We're having a wonderful evening this uh, today, and uh, we want to thank uh, our next uh, our next guest, who is a good friend of mine, and also I w- give him a lot of business. <laughs> she gotta throw that in there. Actual, of course. actual and other like Billy. Why didn't you know? <laughs> <laughs> Billy Tatum with Structure Foundation. Thank you so Hello. for so much for coming to this evening to join us and talk about yes, foundations. And we're not going to talk about foundations of a of a person, but the foundations of a home. Correct. Okay. Or or both, whatever you like. <laughs> yeah. Billy, thank you so much for being here. I think Courtney and uh, V are going to get a, a lot question. of questions for okay. you. Like the first one. I'm the one to ask. So when I moved to Texas, I got so much fear about two things, termites and foundations. Mm-hmm. And people are like, when you buy your house, make sure that they have no termites and no no foundation problem. You shouldn't have a foundation problem. Yeah, so okay. what is the problem? Why well, people are so scared about Texas foundation? Follow-up question. <laughs> if you're told it shouldn't have a foundation problem, is a foundation that's been fixed okay then? Okay. Because the, the, does the problem no longer exist? Or? Well, it was just about foundation. It was yeah. a friend of us. He was here uh, before, like one year. He arrived one year before us, and he was like, okay, when you decide to buy our house, make sure that there's no foundation problems and no termite. Yeah. That was the 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 what's the name when you have like a mantra or whatever a mantra a mantra well i think we need to get billy to introduce himself oh, and no. talk a well, little bit about yeah. uh, about him and, <laughs> and yeah. he's he's fine. Fine. i don't I mind just answering jump there oh, no, like, i don't i, don't I need to know I don't mind well, answering. Billy, I mean, t- tell us a little bit about you before we talk okay. about anything else. Cause, um, you know, I need to put him to work. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. V, v mantra is very important. Okay. Okay. Well, I grew up in a small town in East Texas and uh, went to SFA for a few years. And then I transferred to TSTC for actually computer science. Um, I got out of that and I was doing my own computer science type stuff, but also was running heavy equipment um, for, as a full-time job. Um my sister actually got a job working for Structured Foundation uh, doing a receptionist thing, and she kept calling me. She said, you need to come here. This fits right in with what you need. Also, they need IT help. So I started here back in September of 2009, and the rest is history. I uh, ran a crew for a few years, and then I was in our warranty division where you go out after we've done some work so I can do some quality control, reevaluate against the warranty if it needs some adjustments to the house. and um, from And then I moved on up to the analyst side of things, the sales side of things, and doing the marketing stuff. So now I go out to real estate offices, and <clears throat> I teach CE classes um, through Zoom or in person for real estate offices. 
and uh, and I just stay busy. So this this has been pretty steady in this side of the department since 2013. So almost eight years that I've been doing just this one thing for the company. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it is an interesting job. I meet a lot of people. I love it. I got to tell you personally, it is a good thing for me. Even when I'm having the worst of times at home or personally. Anything is bringing me down. I love getting up in the morning and seeing what's on my schedule and driving to that house and helping those people out. That actually helps bring me up. I think we probably all have that yeah. same mantra. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, it's a new word. It's a new word. No, it's an old word said by a personality. <laughs> and but, what part of town are you in? Um, you go well, all over? I, we go all over. No so the company serves, I mean, as far as Corsicana and Waco and out to Abilene and a little further even and all the way up to you know, Lake Texoma and out to Greenville and oh, okay. Tyler. So it's All a over. big circle because we have 15 crews fixing houses every day. So you got to keep them busy. Mm-hmm. You got to find those leads out there. And you have an amazing owner, Tom Kidd, yeah, who Tom is Kidd. a uh, Aggie, uh, uh, Aggie man because yes. my home were Aggie. So, yeah. uh, you know, tight family there. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so when he started Structure Foundation, he is an engineer, correct? Yes. He's a petroleum engineer. Um, oh, yes. Well, I but, thought he was. Uh, no, he's a petroleum engineer, but um, you know he's a great businessman. He's a great owner. He's got a kind heart. He gives. He gives a lot, and you know he's up here also all the time helping helping give back. Um, I don't know if we should talk about other radio stations, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, he, well, gets, I mean, he gets the name out there for well, sure. Well, I mean he's he's always on KLTY doing the Christmas wish thing, and it's always huge. That's our it's oh. Sorry. Same place. Same place. Oh, yeah. I know that. I was just making sure we could say yeah. it. I don't know. First time on the radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, it's good. Alexander is our host, so we yeah. can say whatever we want here. Believe You're probably me. probably <laughs> right. I should have thought about that. Well, if they let Alexander on the radio. Well, just yes. keep looking at Michael Clark. He's our, our, our producer. And if he's yeah. raising his hand going like this, I mean, you're saying something wrong. Yeah. If yeah. he's going like this, he's he's like mantra. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but no, Tom's a good guy. It's a good company. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just browbeat how good we are, but I wouldn't work for anyone else. Awesome. I really wouldn't. Well, your reputation is very strong. Yes. It's, uh, I, actually, you're, you're coming to do a, a job, or your company's doing a job, and you did an inspection for me last Monday, and the realtor on the other side. Yes. Just uh, the, the people that were buying that it had already it a lot heard easier. about yeah. you. So we have a $650,000 home, and he's doing the inspection. I've got the buyers here and the sellers here, and they yeah. all knew and already. And I have about, the listing agent saved in my phone already. You know, that I feel like that's my job is to uphold that reputation for our company. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my job to walk in and say, Hey, these people believe in us already. I got to make sure they still believe in us when I leave, you know, no mistakes. Um, so. You know, when I moved to Texas, they said, Hey, when you buy a house, you may not have foundation issues now, but you will eventually. Yeah. It's not a matter of if it's when. Yes. And so talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, why you, you had mentioned when V was asking her question, you know, people get so worked up about the foundation issues, but if the problem is properly corrected, then it's fine. You yes. know, it's okay. Just like I think your it's car because gets... it costs too much. I think it's because uh, to fix a foundation costs a lot well, of money. Well, it's not as much no? as people think um, at times. That's and so I think Billy that that's something. That. Yeah. And, I, and I also want to make sure that we address, I'm in insurance. I'm, I write a lot of homeowner policies. And I think that's also a, a misconception too, where people just think that here, structural foundation issues are covered under homeowner yeah. policy. So I want to make sure that we talk about that and kind of mm-hmm. educate some, some people on that. Yeah. So. 
Um, tell us about Texas and the awesome foundations we have. Well, let's start at the top, guys. It's um, it's not just all of Texas, by the way. It's this path right down the middle from you know DFW to San Antonio and Houston. But you get out east or west where the sand is at and the soils out there don't move. Sand does not expand and contract with moisture content. So what it is is our organic-based clay that we have in the DFW area, you know, this black dirt, when it absorbs moisture, it actually swells like a sponge and expands in all directions. And then when it dries out, you've seen it already. You've mm-hmm. seen it cracking on the surface. It looks like a desert landscape, sort of. Um, that's from it dehydrating, and then it, it shrinks in volume. And at first, it cracks on the surface because it's like an outer layer is shrinking. And then as it dries out deeper down, that outer layer begins to lose elevation. And what happens is when you have a structure parked on top of that, it will move it around. And every house moves around seasonally. So there are some stress signs on the house, you know, cracks in the drywall, bricks, or maybe a door that jams up a little bit during one part of the year and comes right back um, that we contribute to just seasonal movement. You know, you can't really stop a house from flexing a half an inch or so or more. Um, And as long as it stays within that range, then it's not really considered a problem. Where the problem uh, starts, and I give an analogy like this all the time, it may not be literally uh, accurate, but if you were laying on top of a flat air mattress and you started to inflate it, where does the air go first? Well, it goes around the weight of your body. You know, the house sitting on the soil kind of acts in the same manner where when the soil is only expanding at the edges because, you know, you don't get massive downpours of rain in the middle of your house under the slab. Um, so when the rains are falling at the edges, that soil is expanding at the edge. It's trying to push up on the house and it probably is pushing up on the house some, but also some of it's kind of squeezing out because that's the easier path to follow while it expands. And then when it dries, that expanded and squeezed out soil doesn't squeeze back underneath the house. So you end up sitting just a little bit lower through that next dry season. And then another wet season comes and it expands and squeezes out and then it drops And it's a very slow, incremental, two steps forward, you know, one step back kind of thing. And you end up settling down permanently. And what happens is your slabs and other structures are designed to bend a little bit and give. But after a point, they don't like it and they snap a little. And then everything above it begins to also crack subsequent to that. And often it's worse to see the damages up higher than the foundation because You know, if you're holding a 10 foot tall stick in your hand and you move just a few millimeters, well, the top of that stick might be traveling an inch or two. And that's kind of what happens to houses. So when they when they tilt down, everything will react above that that hinging point where the slab may have hinged or cracked at. And it just creates, you know, vertical, horizontal, diagonal cracks. It all depends on the framing of the house. So, um, you know, how we evaluate that. First of all, I'll tell you this. All evaluations are an opinion because guess what? No house is built perfectly level. So we're not coming out and saying, oh, well, this is down. This is up. We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're, we're looking at the stresses. We're looking at the doors. We're looking at the brick cracks. And then we're taking a set of elevations across the foundation on the inside of the house to determine, you know, how does, how do the elevations in the area where you have all the stress signs correspond to the areas where you don't have any stress signs? And we kind of put together uh, an idea of what it would take to repair some of those stress signs, you know, and it may not repair the stress signs, but we know now what created them. So we know where to lift based on that information. Um, trying to level houses, 
you know, the word level is some, not something we use a lot, but trying to level a house can sometimes do more damage than good. Um, one thing we tell people about lifting, you know, if you were to drop three or four inches in one part of your house and everything else was fine, well, we may not be able to get that three or four inches back all the way because all the way that the wood framing above that reacts. Another example I give in that aspect is if you had a house of cards built and you came in and pulled one little card at the very bottom, all of the cards above it would shift according to that. But when you push that card right back into place, well, without extreme manipulation of all the other cards, they're not going to roll right back right where they were at. That's a great analogy. And, and like that's, that. that's how the framing and the roof framing and the ceiling framing on your second floor all kind of reacts to that movement. So when it all goes down and expands and pulls things apart and we push the foundation back into place, it's not going to exactly close all those gaps or realign all that lumber perfectly. And so we have to give people that caveat to the repair. Um, you know, it might, we might fix the slab, but you still have some work to do cosmetic or framing wise on the inside, but now you can count on the foundation. Be okay. I really want to get into the next segment talking about when you're saying leveling and lifting, I don't think people understand yeah. what that entails. Like, do you just take a car jack and you just start jacking it up? And then what happens? So I think that yeah. we, we need to kind of go Let's over that so people understand repairs. that. And I just want to make sure that we give you a shout out here at Structured Foundation Repairs. Billy Tatum, you can reach him at 972-484-1200. And then their website is www.structuredfoundation.com. If you're looking to invest your money on advertisement, Please give us a call, Alexandra, 972-342-2932. We'd love to have you as our sponsor. And we appreciate Michael Clark so much for putting up with us, our producer. And uh, we appreciate Mr. Billy Tatum today for being here today from Structure Foundation. So, Hello. Billy, let's talk a little bit about the different types of foundation. They're like... Uh, yeah. Um, they're all evaluated the same way, by the way. So all the stuff we talked about previously applies to all types of foundations. They all move because of the same manner. They all can crack in the same manner. So um, there's a little bit difference in how you evaluate them, of course. There's pier and beam, which is uh, an elevated house over a crawl space constructed usually out of lumber sitting on sonotube piers, which are just round concrete cylinders that are poured in place into the dirt. Or sometimes they're sitting on uh, stacked pads and blocks. And if it's an older house, you can even find some, uh, what we call them, boat arc stumps, tree stumps that don't rot out usually. And, I mean, we we crawl underneath houses that are 100 years old and have wooden stumps holding them up, and they're just fine. You know, I don't even change that up mm -hmm. unless it's failed or fallen over. But, um, you know, the, the differences with pier and beam, of course, uh, are how they react to the movement of soil, too. When you have a slab stretched out across this soil that shifts around, it's kind of like a piece of paper in the wind. It will react a lot quicker to the movement of that soil, whereas a pier and beam doesn't seem to react as much because the soil is able to kind of move around it and not affect it as much. It doesn't have the surface area given the, the, the weight that it has. Um, but inspecting them can be a little bit more difficult if there's not a lot of crawl space. Um, if you don't poke a lot of lumber or you make some assumptions based on how the lumber looks on the outside, sometimes that can, can throw off an inspection. But, you know, when you're evaluating a pier and beam, you know, there can be some, some negative slopes towards the edge of the home, but not be any brick cracks. And in cases like that, um, there's one component that's called the sill plate that sits right on top of the concrete perimeter 
that can rot out and allow your floors and your walls to shift down an inch or so while the brick and the concrete itself didn't move at all. And so when you're taking elevations or if you have a stuck door on the edge, people will come in and say, oh, we need to lift that edge. But really all they need to do is change out a two by four below that. Um, but there are several subgroups of pier and beam. We don't, they're not all just pier and beam. If you have a, a house with a crawl space that has a brick veneer or stone veneer, mm-hmm. then that's what we would consider a pier and beam. They have a concrete perimeter holding all of that lumber up on the outer edges and um, it has to hold that brick wall up because you can't erect a brick wall directly in the dirt. It has to have a concrete footer to sit on. But then there's other types you'll find out more in the rural areas or an older house um, that we call block and base. Those are houses that usually have just a skirting on the outside. And, you know, you can take any piece of that skirting off and crawl right underneath it, kind of like a mobile home. Mm-hmm. Um, those houses don't have any permanent footers typically holding them in the ground. They're just sitting on those boat arc stumps or pads and blocks or those sauna tube poured in place piers. And so they're a lot easier to adjust, but also they do tend to move around a lot more easily. Um, With both types of foundation, though, guys, uh, the main thing to keep them maintained is watering or lack of watering. You don't want it to rain and flood underneath your crawl space. You don't want standing water on one part of your house and not the other because that's what causes uneven shifting or, or over-expansion or even uh, you lose integrity of the soil to hold the weight above it so it slips through it. And that applies to both types of foundations. So during a rainy season, a pier and beam becomes a problem sometimes because a lot of them flood and they stay wet for months on end. And so. surface water is not covered under the homeowner policy. So <laughs> no. people call sometimes saying, hey, and there's issues now. Well, that's, I'm sorry. That's not covered. No, I get that one a lot. You know, Hey, is this flooding? No. Um, you know, your yard flooding in one little spot and coming into your back door is not considered flooding, even under flood insurance, that's not considered flooding. Um, so yeah, if guys, you know, maintenance is not just putting a soaker hose around your foundation Mm -hmm. in the, in the summertime, it's also protecting it when during the heavy rains, Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately it's about consistency in the moisture content. If, if it rained and shined sun and was the same temperature all year round, you got the same even amounts of rain, um, then your foundation would never move because the soil is always the same moisture content, but we don't have that luxury in Texas. It's quite the opposite. You know, it could rain for a month on end nonstop tomorrow and then be a hundred degrees for three months in a row. And that is what causes foundations to shift so dramatically. Mm -hmm. And people who don't kind of grasp that with their maintenancing will let it flood when it's raining and then justify not watering because it just flooded for a few months. And so they won't water at all for the next month or so until their grass is nearly dead. Well, that's causing the house to shift a whole lot. So when you're trying to take care of your foundation, you know, maintenance is being consistent with moisture content. That's, that's the key to it. So uh, if you're out watering around the edges of your house, it's not just water everything exactly the same. Consider where the sun shines more. Um, at my house, I have a neighbor that waters on the north side of my house where the sun hardly ever shines. He waters so much, I never have to turn on my sprinklers over there. And the soils are fine. I don't have any problems or any signs of movement over there. But if I were to water over there, I could cause a problem by keeping it a whole lot more wet than the other parts. So that's how you have to think dynamically around your own property. 
you know, there's no blanket rule on how much you water. You kind of have to use your best judgment. Um, but one thing I do tell people is if you walk around your house in the summertime and it looks like the landscapers or your mowers edge the side of your slab or your foundation, you know, you'll see the soil actually shrinking away and there's a good gap. Keep that gap kind of closed. Don't close it all the way, but that's a good sign that you might want to start applying water because that's the soil shrinking from the sides of your slab or foundation. Now, what happens when people identify that they have an issue and you come out, you do your testing and evaluation and you determine that something needs to be fixed? Like what what does the foundation company actually install or put in to make it right? There's a lot of repair methods out there. Um, Each have their own kind of warranty that go with it. Um, the most the most common in the industry now is the pressed piling system. And what that does is it uses the weight of the structure itself to shove itself into the ground in increments of a foot, typically. So what they're doing when they make these recommendations to lift a settled portion of the home, um, they they come out and they're usually spaced, you know, between six and eight feet, depending on the structure or the weight of the structure. Um, so they'll dig a little hole about the size of like a welcome mat. And they get right underneath the edge of the foundation. Um, And if it needs an interior pier, you know, if the interior is settled down, they'll go on the inside and also install it on what we call a beam. Because slabs are usually about four inches thick for the most part, but they do occasionally dig a little trench to create beams, a little backbone to give it some strength. So we're always lifting on these beams. So after they dig their hole, they, they use the weight of that house to shove this cylinder into the dirt. So an, an example I give people is, you know, if I was going to jack your car up in the grass, but I shoved a little rod underneath the jack and started going at it, the weight of that car would just shove that rod straight into the ground. And that's what we're doing with the house. So we take a one-foot-tall cylinder. It can be concrete or steel pipe. And we put a hydraulic press on top of it. It goes up against the bottom of the house and it forces that one foot tall segment straight into the dirt. Then we connect it. If it's concrete, in our case, we put rebar and epoxy between each joint and we shove the next joint down. And then we keep stacking and repeating. And eventually you've built a column that has been pressed to a refusal Mm -hmm. point where the jack that's pushing the pier down doesn't go down anymore, it starts to actually raise the house back up a little bit. So now we know that this column is capable of lifting and holding the house up and we're able to build it out where next comes the car jack part. It's not really a car jack, but yeah, the guys work across all of the pilings. Once they've all been individually pressed to a refusal point, they get in there and they lift the house according to whatever it may need. And the guy in charge of the crew has tons of experience in calling the shots in this regard. And he's inside with equipment that we use to evaluate to see how much we're lifting. He also wants to make sure that we're not doing a lot of new damage to the home. Remember this, the example I gave you earlier about the house of cards and how it reacts. Well, sometimes not you, if you try to lift the slab right back where you think it should be, the house goes, Nope, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And now you've got a bunch of new cracks or a door that's stuck in the other direction or not working anymore. So the job of the crew chief while they're lifting is to make sure that we're not causing a lot of undue stress to the property and that we're trying to realign things or fix things, but also that we're not overlifting things. Um, There's a lot of companies that don't use the right equipment. And what happens is they're trying to close cracks when they're doing a lift. And because the cracks won't close, they just keep trying to lift it anyway Well, what happens when you do that is, you know, when a foundation settles down, it creates a little crack going down. 
And if you lift it back up, it can actually crack it the other way and it completely it completely separates the foundation at that crack. I have a question here. Um I don't know how is your industry, but it drives me crazy that for example, the roofing companies you don't need to have a license, That's registration, right. and all that. That's Did you same. say registration? Yes. <laughs> okay, I yep. was making yeah. a joke here. Okay. <laughs> uh, how is with your industry? Do it's, you guys need exactly to have a license, same. regulations, no. registrations, and <laughs> no. proof of insurance? No, we don't. And that's the problem we have is oh, anybody can start and run a foundation company. And they can use whatever method they want to evaluate. They can use any method they want to do the repairs. YouTube. Let's check and, on YouTube. Yeah, and, and really their warranties kind of follow suit on that mm -hmm. matter. They can kind of do whatever they want with their warranty. And there's a lot of fine print to check on. But, you know, as far as the the you know licensing or any regulation goes in the state of Texas, doesn't happen except on the city level a little bit. Mm -hmm. Most cities in the DFW area, for sure, require a permit to do the work, which because they don't employ inspections for that purpose, you have to get your own inspection, which is through a, a, a licensed structural engineer. So like if I were to come out to your house and recommend some work, I would show you exactly what I'm talking about, you know, explain my situ my view of your situation to you. And if you agree to do that work, well, we couldn't do any of that until a licensed structural engineer comes out and inspects the property too. And they do that right behind us before we do any work at all. And if the engineer agrees with my assessment, because they're going to come in and evaluate it separately than, than me completely, if they agree with my assessment, then we're able to give that engineering report to the city, which issues the permit. So that's the only level of regulation you get in this industry. Mm -hmm. But you got to be careful because some companies don't actually employ inspectors or engineers to come out and inspect the property separately. They sometimes will just look at the contractor's repair quote and go, oh, okay, I agree with that. And there can be a problem there because, the, you know, on paper you can write anything down. So, yeah. Well, what makes right. structured foundations different? We always send someone out, even if there's not a permit required. A, a couple of cities like Keller and Bedford don't require, or Colleyville, they don't require a permit. So we technically wouldn't have to hire a structural engineer, but structured foundation does. We, we back everything up with a third-party inspection. It protects the client. It protects us. It, it, it kind of makes it just, it's grease on the wheel. And know? what about the warranty? Do you guys provide a warranty? Oh, yes. So there's a huge difference on warranties. We could talk about that for a while. but We have a minute. Yeah. Well, <laughs> basically, I mean, our warranty is a true lifetime warranty. It's not limited. It's not prorated. It's not a service agreement for work in the future. What our warranty says is if we install a piling on a settled portion of your home, we will come back and adjust that for free for life if it settles more than a quarter of an inch over a five-foot span in that area ever again. So if I come out and your house was down three inches, I pick it back up. Maybe it says it's down a half an inch, and I come back later, and now it's down an inch. Well, I'm going to readjust that for free. It will never cost the homeowner again to, to fix that part of their house. That's how our warranty works. But a lot of companies either won't tell you where they left it because you got to have some measurements as a baseline or they don't tell you how much it needs to move before they'll adjust And I'm sorry, you, do you said it was transferable? And it does transfer, yeah, for free awesome. the first time. For free the first time. Yes. Okay. It, well, it actually, it's $50. 
if you need to transfer it, because I know. Well, cause... that must have been a second transfer. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fifty was okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it's we bought now. a house one time and it was five hundred bucks to transfer to the mm. new, not with your company. Okay? No. Just make sure. You're listening to Alexander and Friends 660 The Answer. We are very glad to have you here tonight having a glass of wine or a cup of coffee listening to our show. V, what do you have to say this evening? Since we're coming back to our last uh, segment here, we have a great guest. And, you know, do you have anything to say that's mantra? I have my mantra. I'm still afraid about foundation (laughs) because I'm seeing all these cracks and all this cost. And I know that this is probably... Not a question to ask, but I'm going to ask. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> what is the average cost? Very good. Uh, Very good question. I know it all depends. We have an average. Um, let's say my average homeowner has a house that's 25 years old, and they're just now starting to see a few cracks. When we go out to those properties where they're like right on top of it, they're usually settled about an inch and a half in its worst spot, and it needs maybe 12 to 15 of those pilings I described earlier. Mm-hmm. And that comes at a cost with engineering and plumbing test and city permit fees between six to 7,000 usually. You know, five to 7,000 is really our average. And like Courtney said, this is not covered by insurance. No, that's very rare. I've, I've only seen it in my 12 years here. I've only seen about three insurance companies ever fix a slab. I've seen a few of them fix some lumber underneath a pier and beam when, you know, the plumbing break caused a lot of wood rot. Mm-hmm. I've seen that more often, but not usually have they fixed slabs. Courtney, is there a, a what's the name, an amendment or whatever? Endorsement. Can, endorsement? No, not that I'm aware of for anything that we offer, um, you know, because our area has a high tendency for foundation issues. You can imagine that the insurance company is probably not going to include that in a regular policy. And I get asked all the time if there's a separate policy out there that would cover it. I'm not aware of anything at this point, but I do think that it's really important that we touch upon the water damage and how that correlates into the foundation. Um, There is an endorsement that can be added and it is called water foundation coverage. And sometimes people look at that and they think, oh, so it does cover. There is insurance for it. It's going to correct a structural issue yeah. with my foundation. But that's not the case. Um, it's clearly outlined with each policy. Um, water has to be the initial cause, which causes damage potentially to the home and or maybe compromises the integrity of a foundation yeah. where they would agree to pick it up. And that is very few and far between. Um, but that is definitely a coverage that needs to be. Added. And you said, Alexander, you had an example of you thought there was foundation issues, but it was actually a plumbing well, issue. What happened with that? One of the things, uh, and I'm going to give the uh, time to um, to Billy to talk about it. What, let me just bring something important. If you want to have somebody to come and look at your foundation at no expense to you, you need to call Billy Tatum with Structure <laughs> Foundation. He will that. give you an analysis. There is no charge. And it's worth every penny. And I think it should be done. If you own a home, it should be done every three to four years because you don't know how it's shifting. And you see this home that, uh, you know, you see a home that you think, oh, you have nothing wrong. What happens? You find $6,000 worth a year. And so one one of the things important to me is how important it is when you hire somebody that does not know what they're doing. They just bring their jack from their car jack to fix a foundation. (laughs) What happens when you lift a home and the plumbing is not inspected after yeah. that. <clears throat> what can happen, Billy? Well, because that's how I made you on this house. So we'll, we'll answer that one first. Yeah, if you if you lift a house, there's a chance that you can break a pipe. You know, we're lifting the concrete. We're lift. You know, 
off of the dirt at this point because the soil has slumped down to allow that concrete to settle. Um, so we're lifting the slab up, but the dirt is still staying in place, which your pipes are passing down through the slab into the dirt. So there's a, there's a pulling force, a separation, and usually it pulls it from the bottom of the tub or the shower or the toilet. Um, but if you don't test, I've already explained why our ground moves. Right. So if you're pumping a bunch of water underneath your house every time you flush the toilet or take a shower, then that saturation is only going to accumulate because guess what else? It has nowhere to dry out. There's no sunlight underneath your slab. So it's going to cause that area to expand as it absorbs that water, which is how I met Alexandra in the first place. So here's the other side. You know, it's important to test it if you've done foundation work. As a matter of fact, most cities require it in their permit, and the engineers always put it on their report also. Um, But how I met Alexandra was the house had not had any foundation work done, um, but there was a plumbing leak almost kind of right in the center of the home. So when we take our elevation measurements, we start usually in the middle of a slab because it's less likely to move with the seasonal fluctuations. So we kind of use that as a baseline. But if you have a plumbing leak that's made your baseline move upward and you're standing on the top of that upward slope, well, of course, everything looks like it's going down from that point. So I started these measurements with Alexandra, and it showed, you know, approximately a two-inch drop all the way around the house and not a single crack on the edges of that house. And I went, there's no way. There's cracks in the middle of the home, but not around the edges where it shows to be down two inches. So, you know, it's a matter of perspective. You can stand at the edge and say, hey, that's two inches higher over there. Or you can stand over there and say, hey, it's it's a two-inch drop over there. So what I told her was, hey, let's get you a plumbing test, which is relatively inexpensive. And it's part of the diagnostics at times to figure out what's going on. And if I'm right and you have a plumbing leak in the middle, then that's all you need to do to allow this thing to settle back down and become a little bit more flat. Not perfectly level, but, mm-hmm. you know, get some of this sloping to come back down. And then you may not need work at all. And, uh, of course, that's what it was. There was, a, there was a leak, and that's all they needed to do to fix it. But, you know, a lot of companies will come out, which she'll tell you, yeah. and they measure that two-inch drop, and they go, oh, and I, I've got the end. There's more to this story. They go, oh, you need to put piers mm-hmm. all the way around this property now. <laughs> and so they do that, and then they test your plumbing, because most companies do test plumbing after the repairs mm-hmm. are done. So they put piers all the way around your property. They test your plumbing. They go, hey, by the way, you have a leak. Now you need to get that fixed. So you fix it. Then the middle drops down. And guess what happens? Because you've already lift the outer edges to kind of match the middle. Now the middle drops down. And now you have a two-inch slump in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so you call the company back and they go, oh, well, that part's not under warranty. We only did the outer edges. So now we need to put piers in the middle of your house, too. That's so it's so sad and yeah. it's so common. So you've put piers across this entire property when all you really had to do was just fix fix the plumbing mm-hmm. leak initially to fix it properly. And what about, you know, I live in an older home. We're in 40-year-old homes. We've got cast iron piping. We've oh, got yeah. big, deep-rooted mm. trees. Are you seeing a lot of those yes. homes where just the trees are causing havoc underneath I the home? I would say, you know, the theory of trees are that they dry the moisture. They dry out the soil. And that can cause your foundation shift. And to a degree, that's true. Um, and kind of our company stance on that is tree roots aren't that big of a deal. Our Texas drought inconsistent watering are, if you love your trees and you love the shade that they provide, just water your yard and take care of things. You know, don't, don't let that tree be so desperate to go dry out that little bit of moisture underneath the edge of your house. Mm -hmm. Um, but cast iron pipes. Yes. So if you have cast iron 
pipes right now, I'll tell you that most plumbers would tell you that they have already gone beyond their life expectancy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're buying a house with cast iron, I would get a plumbing test done. And I know you have to ask seller's permission to do that, but it is it's important to know. It's worth every penny. It is. Especially with people paying as much as they are for homes. And, yeah. you know, on a 2,000 square foot home, if you want to redo the plumbing, have it all, you know, up to date coded, it's like $30,000. Yes. It is say. not cheap. It is very labor intensive. And There's that is tunneling. not an easy fix. There's yes. potential for causing foundation problems exactly. from the tunneling. So, you know, if you guys are getting tunneling, done you know especially a tunnel that goes all the way through the house and maybe even takes a turn a time or two you know plumbers don't really get that soil packed back in there very well we had we had a slab leak and it was so funny you know there was a mountain in our front yard and so i brought over beer and chips and goodies and i was like please please take your time packing (laughs) packing everything back in and i mean you can't that dirt is compressed Forever. It's been there forever. forever. And mm. and trying to it's, get it back underneath the home. It's, it's like it's like breaking apart a puzzle, mm-hmm. but not even trying to put it back together. Right. It's not going to be as dense as it once right. was. So, so, Billy, real quick question. I'm going to interrupt. What if you are going to talk to me and tell me what do I need to do to keep the problem of not not uh, that I will never have a probably problems with my foundation. But what are the most essential things for your home? For you to try and avoid any issues with your foundation. It's the watering I discussed earlier. Consistency in the watering. Don't water. You know, some some sprinkler companies will put a foundation drip system in for you, but they'll put it on one one zone. Well, that may not be the right thing to do. Like I told you earlier, my neighbor waters so much, I don't have to water that one side. So watering it as much as I would water the west side of my house where the sun shines the most in the evening wouldn't be the right thing to do. That would be inconsistent. And it would cause a dynamic to move the foundation in a way I don't want. So watering in a consistent manner um, is the key. Consistency in the moisture content is the key. You don't want it to be a muddy mess all the time. You don't want it dried up and cracking all the time. Just kind of keep an eye on it and get used to it. And then after some time that you've spent in your house, you'll start to understand, okay, we just got this much rain. I'm going to wait a day or two, and then I'm going to water this much. And then through the summertime, when we don't have any rains at all, I'm going to adjust my sprinklers in this manner, or I'm going to lay out soaker hoses. Is there anything else besides the watering that people would need to do? Yes, um, excess water. So if you have if you have gutters that don't exist, and you've got pooling or ponding, if you've got a marshy area that that exists for a few days after the rains have quit, um, that might be time to get your drainage evaluated because removing excess water means you don't have to water as much when it's not raining. Got it. Because that's hard to do. You can't keep up with 60 inches of rain across three or four months through the summertime. So if you can remove your extra water, you know, get your gutters in place, get some drainage systems down in the ground that discharge into the curb or the back lot or the alley. Um, then you are minimizing how much you need to water to keep that soil consistently the same all year round. Got it. So real quick question, Billy, if I wanted to know more information, I'm looking at your website and there's a lot of uh, answer questions that are answered there. How can they get in touch with you, Billy, just for you them well, to come uh, to, for you to come to their home? Like, like um, if you if you know like, you have a problem, you know, I'm I'm going to be nice when I say this. Please don't waste my time. <laughs> There Uh are a lot of people with real problems out there. So I want you to look around house. If you do have these cracks, if your doors are misaligned, if you have caulking separations at the window and brick, um, yeah, give us a call. Call the office, 972-484-1200. 
you can ask for me. I don't mind that at all. I'd love to meet you. Um, that's why I love this job so much. I get to meet different people every day. But um, you'll have to call and get on my schedule. I don't do my own scheduling. My schedule is usually booked out over a week. And um, just call the office. They'll ask you some questions, answer them truthfully, and then we'll get you set up. You know, if you if you need drainage improvements made around the house, if you think something's settled, it needs to be lifted, that's what we do. If you have some waterproofing needs, we do that as well. All right. So if you have a basement or a split level home with water seeping in, I can help you with those problems. Also. Awesome. I found someone that talks more than I. <laughs> he talks a lot. It's okay. We it's love such that. good information. I told you this is it's what good I do. information. It's, we just don't have enough time because it's literally like, we sit like here me, and talk about this. It's like me talking about life insurance. Believe me. I, we can I have a good I had competition. Time to talk to you about the warranty more. There's How so about much. you come back? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Well, Billy, it's been a pleasure <laughs> having you here tonight. Uh, please make sure that you uh, call on Structure Foundation and have Billy Tatum come and visit your home. Uh, any um, any closing remarks? Closing remarks. Please like our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. Shoot us an email, alexanderandfriends660 at gmail.com. And please check out our website. Awesome pictures are loaded. All of our podcasts are available. There's more information about all of us on there at alexanderandfriends.com. B, you're not going to be here next week? Or you? I'm, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to be here next week. She's not going to be here in Atlanta. I'll fill in. <laughs> Billy you are part of the welcome. Yes, we've got. So now we have Billy Tatum. We'll be filling in when the, when the ladies are oh, on man. vacation. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, listening to our show tonight. Thank you to Miller Title for making this possible for us, Roberto Perez. And take a look at our website. It's amazing. You're going to learn, have a lot of information. Michael Clark, thank you so much for you. Thanks, and sir. thank you for uh, a great evening. Thank you so much for listening to us. See you all next week. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.